Good morning, family. Um, Joe, what a great God we serve. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening to this song. Such a, such a simple hymn that's been sung over the ages of time, and yet still it rings true and powerful of the God that we serve. And what a great privilege we have to know this God and to be able to experience Him. And that's my heart, that this morning will not just be another Sunday for you, but that you will experience something about God, His nature, His character, and His spirit, and you would experience Him ministering to your heart this morning. Those of you who are joining us, uh, my name is Jonathan. From my side, welcome. Um, this is a special Sunday for us as a spiritual family. This Sunday is what we call our I Serve Sunday. And it looks different. It feels different. We don't do this every Sunday. So welcome to a special family moment. Uh, I love I Serve Sundays. Um, I, I, while I was preparing, I thought, yes, last year we couldn't do one. And I'm so thankful that we can have an iServe Sunday this morning. And I'm not just thankful about iServe. I'm not just excited about the Sunday because there's free snacks afterwards. Those of you who knew there's free snacks afterwards, stick it through. But there's something more. There's something great about serving. There's something great about celebrating this morning. There's something great about calling people to serving because it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing so close to the nature of God. And I love serving because serving has had a massive impact in my life. Been part of our church for a while. I've, I've shared my testimony. But I came to faith as a third-year student on campus. And when I got saved, I had this desire in my heart to give something back to God. I wanted, I wanted to give something. But as a student, I didn't have any money. So, you, so what now? And I went to Retief Berger. Now, Retief Berger, some of you might know him, is now leading our Elardes Park congregation. But at that stage, he was leading, uh, leading a student ministry that I was attending. And I went to Retief and I said, Retief, God is doing great things in my life and I'm just so thankful for his faithfulness. And, and there was real, real thankfulness in my heart. And I said, Retief, well, what can I do? Where do where, how do you want to use me? What can I do for the church? Now at that stage, um, I was in a fairly prominent leadership position on campus and in volunteering, saying, Retief, how do you want to use me there was this subtle idea in my head that because of my position and authority and leadership on campus, that Retief's now going to use me to have an influence on campus. Listen, we're going to change the races. We're going to change the hostels. We're going to change the campus uh, if Retief just gives me the opportunity because I've got open doors. That was my idea. But by God's grace, that's not what Retief did. Sincerely, I said, hey, Retief, how can, I, how can I serve this church? And Retief said, well, we've got a great need, Jonathan, massive need. Would you come back chairs on a Sunday? Now, to give you an idea, the hall that we gathered was probably twice the size than this wall. And every Sunday, we had to pack out chairs back up a stage, build a stage, back out sound. We, we had to set up the venue every Sunday. Anything between 800 and 1,000 chairs we had to pack out. Now, as a student, gathering 12 o'clock on a Sunday to pack out chairs was not exciting. 
when it was exams, it made it even more fun because that hall was filled with exam tables. So we wanted to have church. We had to pack up all the tables, move them to the side or move them to the storeroom. Then we had to pack out all the thousand chairs. And then after church, we had to pack up everything, move that out, pack out all the student exam tables and put chairs back. And we got home many times, 10 o'clock, half past 10, packing chairs. Initially, I thought Retief was testing me. <laughs> he won't mind me saying this now because we're great friends. He had a great impact on my life. But initially, I thought, I see what you're doing. You're testing me. Challenge accepted. I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, and then Retief's going to move me on to greater and better things for this church. I eventually packed chairs for three years. Three years, I was the lead chair packer. <laughs> like we have departments, we had a chair packing department. I can't remember what it was called. Power team, I was the main power team guy for three years. Only when I transitioned into full-time ministry did I stop leading the power team. By God's grace. I remember when we gathered on Sundays, we had this pre-team meeting, and there were many, many, many Sundays. So whoever was leading that team had to really encourage us, a group of students. He had to, like some Sundays, we were like three or four people. Other Sundays, we were like 30 people. But when we were there, there was always this team leader, and I remember so well, whoever was leading was constantly reminding us, guys, what we're doing here now, we're preparing for other students to experience God tonight. That was our motivation. That wasn't my motivation where I started with. <laughs> Mine was to do something for God and to impress Retief until he gave me bigger leadership. But it became my eventually. What we're doing here is preparing a venue, a moment where students can experience God. I'm so thankful Retief invited me because it changed my heart, changed my life. It addressed pride and self-centeredness and entitlement in more ways than I can ever imagine. I thought I was okay until I started serving. And those moments where nobody knows about, those moments where I'm complaining and moaning about all these people that just come to church, they don't know what we're doing, they're going back, they're studying, and we have to pack out all, those were the moments where God dealt with my heart. Those were the moments where God exposed something of His heart to me. Through serving, I drew closer to God. It's in those moments where God revealed His character and His love and His grace. Through serving, I got a spiritual family, a community to be, that became some of my best friends in the last couple of years while studying. And I'm forever grateful that somebody invited me to serve. See, serving is powerful. 
Serving is a, one of those major themes throughout the Bible. It's one of the lifestyles that Jesus modeled, and it's a lifestyle that Jesus is calling us to. And this morning, I want to use the opportunity on behalf of our leadership to thank everyone that's serving in our church. We would not be able to be the church that we are if you weren't willing to serve. And when I say be the church that we are, I'm not just mean, I'm, I'm not just referring to gathering here on a Sunday. And a church involved with nations, a church that's passionate to see nations being reached, a church that's passionate about the next generation, a church that wants to see people encounter Jesus. It would not happen if people weren't willing to serve. And I really want to honor our volunteers this morning. Thank you so much of giving yourself. We would not be able to be the church we are if it weren't for you. I thought about this yesterday. Even people that's just preparing communion, we might think that is such a, a simple and easy task. But in coming early, preparing communion, thinking through how many communion glasses are needed or how many stuff is needed, they're preparing something so that hopefully during that moment people will experience God. We have great moments of worshiping. We've experienced the Spirit of God just speaking to us. But there's a band behind that we had to practice on a Wednesday, that had to come in early, that had to say no to other things, that had to say no to a briar, whatever that might be, that had to practice. There's a sound guy sitting in the booth that had to be very early here. And, and I used to joke at one stage, I did lights as well and helped a bit with visuals. That is probably one of the worst places to surf. And I'm sorry, guys, but it's one of the most important places to surf because when something happens here in the front, it's everybody. It's not just one or two people. Everybody just goes, look. And you stare back. You're like, what are you guys doing there? Guys, we love you. Thank you for serving. Uh, Just thinking about our children being ministered to. I'm standing here this morning, I've got three children in Kids Church, and there's nothing in my heart that's concerned that whoever's serving them there is not teaching them about Jesus. But it's someone who prepared. Someone who thought through that lesson. It's someone that went and prayed about it. And it's someone that came and pitched this morning, and they're going to go, I'm going to teach you about Jesus. The youth sitting here this morning, they're joining us in the sermon. Welcome, youth. I'm so thankful that there's people that's willing to get involved in youth ministry. Can we imagine what this church and our country would look like in 10 years from now if people weren't ministering to youth? I'm thankful for the guys preparing coffee afterwards. Amen. Some of my best moments at church is after the service. <laughs> Might say something about me preaching, but I just love being together with you guys. I love standing there. I love to check in and, hey, what's happening? I love that there's an atmosphere. But someone had to prepare the urns. And while we're chatting away, someone is standing there in the, in the kitchen washing the cups. Every bit of serving makes a difference because someone might walk into our church not know who we are as a, as a spiritual family and afterwards they might experience real compassion and love for people and they might go wow I want to be part of this 
but someone prepared coffee, someone prepared an atmosphere where we can have people experience God. And I can go through all our departments of serving. Thank you for being willing to give your time and to serve so that we may be the church that God has called us to do. There's this beautiful encounter between Jesus and the disciples where Jesus just absolutely catches the heart of serving. It's in John 13. If you have your Bible with you, I'm welcome to turn with me to John 13. And as you're doing this, I'm just going to explain what's happening here. So the book of John is, um, is one of the more personal letters of the gospel. So in the book of John, we see more personal encounter, intimate relationships between Jesus, uh, inter- intimate uh, conversations between Jesus and the disciples. And now specifically here, from chapter 12 till round about chapter um, 19, we see the last week of Jesus' life before he's crucified. From chapter 12 in the book of John till chapter 19, we find the last couple of days of Jesus' life just before he's going to be crucified. And Jesus knows he's going to be crucified. Jesus' whole life has been building up to this moment, and Jesus knows he's going to be crucified. He's very well aware that these are the last couple of moments of his disciples. And this always intrigues me. If I knew I had three more sermons, three more moments, what would I preach? If you had three more encounters with the people that you really love and people that's close to you and you can impart something in their life, what would you share? Because that's what we see in these couple of verses. We see Jesus imparting some of those last moments before he would leave the disciples. And then we're going to get to this moment in John 13. So let's pray together as we're going to read this together. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, thank you that your word is true. Lord, thank you that in so much humility we came to your word this morning. And I pray that by your spirit that you would enlighten your words, make it come alive, and may you speak to our souls this morning in line with your word. I pray this and ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's read together John 13, verse 1 to 5. I trust that most of you know this encounter well, but that it will be a fresh understanding for us this morning. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. Now, if we just pause here for a moment. Although this was a prophetic action where Jesus was demonstrating how he was washing them clean of sin, we see Jesus model something about servanthood to the disciples. And there's five things that I want to highlight from what I see in Jesus in this moment with us as a church. Firstly, we see Jesus knew his position and authority. Jesus knew that he was Lord and all authority was given to him and will be given to him to the Father. He knew his position in front of the Father, in front of God. And yet, 
he humbles himself to act as a servant by washing their feet. His position and authority didn't keep Jesus from serving. See, serving is about humility and not position. When I started serving, I thought my serving was going to be because of my position. But serving is about humility and not position. Our position and authority that we have in this life should not keep us from serving. Whether you're a businessman, a teacher, a mom, whether you're a student, a youth, your position and your authority does not determine whether you can or cannot serve. Serving does not come with position and authority. It comes from a heart of humility. When we serve, we don't serve because of who we are and what we have. We serve because of who we are in front of God. And in front of God, regardless of your language, your race, your age, your qualifications, in front of God, we are the same. And therefore, in front of God, we are level and equal and in whatever way you want to phrase it. And we serve from humility, not from position. So when I serve at Kitch Church, it's not Jonathan the pastor serving, it's just Jonathan. It's about humility. The second thing, I don't know how many of you have experienced someone washing your feet. Or have had the privilege of washing someone else's feet. Have you ever done that? Okay, some of us. It's not necessarily the greatest thing to do on either end. We've had moments where we wash people's feet. And when you say you want to wash their feet, there's normally this, um, no, 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 please, my, my feet, oh, no, my toenails is not nice, and oh, my feet is smelly, oh, no. If I were to ask us, listen, guys, surprise, a practical sermon this morning, we've got some basins here, we're going to wash feet. There's already people running, running out of the room. Yeah, there's some... It's uncomfortable. It's very intimate. If you take into account that, that these disciples traveled everywhere by foot, they did it by, with sandals. So when Jesus got down to wash their feet, he was looking at dirty, filthy, and probably stinking feet. And yet he washed it. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who has all authority, the son of God, chose to humble himself and get his hands dirty and wash their feet. What an example of a selfless giving. See, serving is selfless. It's not about what you're getting. If you're serving with the intention of getting something, you will always be disappointed. But serving is selfless. And serving is very, very practical. Jesus washed their feet. He could have taught them about serving, but he washed their feet. It is practical. And when you serve, it always requires us to do something. It's very practical and it involves people 
and it costs us something, and it's sometimes messy, and it's difficult, but it's not about you. It costs you time, it costs you effort, it costs, it costs you something. Sometimes it's messy and it's difficult. But serving is selfless. It's not about what you're getting. It's about you giving. And whenever we say we serve God, it will always involve serving people. Because God is involved in people's lives. Serving is practical. It's selfless. It's about giving yourself to a greater purpose. Jesus had a greater purpose behind washing their feet. Serving is selfless. If we continue, we're going to skip a couple of verses. Verse 12. When they had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Now just pause here for a moment. I read this while I was preparing. Just think about this. Finished washing their feet. Didn't just wash Peter's feet. Washed all the disciples' feet. Think about the significance of this moment. Jesus washed all the disciples' feet, including Judas. Jesus knew that Jesus, Judas is about to betray him. In fact, a couple of verses on in this chapter, you see Jesus tell him, that what you've planned to do, go and do it now but only after Jesus washed his feet. Jesus knew he was going to betray him, but still Jesus chose to serve him. What a powerful statement of serving. See, serving is about the one who asks us to serve, not the ones who are being served. God sent Jesus to serve God the Father. And Jesus serves, not because of how the disciples are reacting to him, not because of what Judas is about to do, but because the Father asked him. And serving is about the one who asks us to serve, not the one who's being served. See, in serving, we don't always get the thank you. I miss the dear core team. Guys, they put in a lot of effort. Sometimes they try and put up stuff and, and, and we just miss it. We take it for granted. And you might walk out of the venue and think like nobody saw my effort. You might walk away from a kid's ministry moment and you think, yes, there, was, there, were, there were only two kids. I wasted my time. Maybe that's two children that needed Jesus today. You might walk away standing there in the kitchen and thinking, well, I'm just cleaning cups and I'm cleaning cups and nobody's saying thank you and I don't know why I'm doing this. It's not about how people react. It's not about the thank you. It's not whether or not the people deserve it or not. It's not about always seeing the results in serving. It's, about, it's not about the people we serve. It's about the one who asks us to serve. Jesus was willing to serve the person that would betray him. So surely we should be willing to serve those who Jesus placed in front of us, whether they deserve it or not. Because he asks us. Verse 12. 
do you understand what I've done for you? He asked him. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Two more things that we see from this moment. Jesus commands his disciples to live a life of serving. Serving honors God. See, serving, when we serve, it's an act of obedience. Jesus said, now that you've seen me do these things, now that you've experienced me, now that you've experienced a change in your life, now that you've experienced the gospel, now that you've experienced my spirit, go and do the same and serve. And Jesus tells his um, disciples, no messenger is greater than the one who sends them, alluding that you will be sent into this world. You're not greater than the one that sent you. Jesus is sending us into this world. And us serving is an act of obedience, is an act of saying thank you. And while we're serving, we're serving God. We're not just serving people. And it honors God. There's something powerful when people are willing to lay down that what's important to them, that's what's comfortable for them, in order so that others may benefit. It's beautiful and it's attractive and it's so in line with the character of God. And therefore, when we serve, we honor God. Serving goes completely against the rule of this world. It says everything is about you. Making a name for yourself, building a kingdom for yourself, being successful. What is in it for you? How your life will change if you do this? No, serving says, it's not about me. And I'll lay something down in, other, in order that others may benefit. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why it honors God. But then Jesus says, apart from this command, he encouraged them that if they do this, they will be blessed. See, serving is a blessing. Regardless of what it might cost, regardless of how difficult it might be, regardless of what it might even happen through our serving, Jesus said, you will be blessed when you do this. Now, this blessing doesn't mean you're going to overflow financially. I just want to be clear this morning, okay? Because often in church, people think blessing is money. That's not what Jesus said. But you will be blessed. For me, experiencing serving in my life, I was blessed in that it changed me. It changed my heart. It drew me closer to God. It gave me a spiritual family. And serving has been an absolute blessing to my life. I don't know how that blessing looks to you or for you. But I know Jesus says when you serve the way I asked you to serve, there will be blessing. Serving is a blessing. Now, think about this whole encounter between Jesus and the disciples. What a significant moment this is. Jesus could have just taught them about serving. But why is he washing their feet? Why is Jesus washing the disciples' feet? And yes, Jesus wanted to teach them to serve, 
But what's Jesus' purpose behind this? Think about, think about this moment. No? Maybe you, you, when we were disciples, if we were disciples, you would have been at some, some of Jesus' teachings. You would have heard Jesus say certain things. But you probably, you're just human. You would have not have remembered everything that Jesus said. But if the king of the universe washes your feet, you won't forget that. That moment when he rose from the dead and they realized who Jesus really was. And they realized that king washed my feet. That's significant. This is a dramatic and dynamic and very practical moment. But why does Jesus go through such extreme measures to teach them about serving? Why does Jesus want to make absolutely sure that they don't forget this encounter between him and them? That they don't forget his heart serving. Let's quickly share with someone next to you. Why do you think Jesus does it this way? Apart from wanting to teach him to serve, apart from wanting them to remember... What's Jesus' motive behind this? Now remember, Jesus is preparing them. Jesus is going to die, and then he's going to send them as messengers into this world. And I believe Jesus goes through these extreme measures and extreme lengths to have them remember this moment. Because for others to know and experience Jesus would require that these disciples would serve. There's going to be a moment after the resurrection where they're going to have to make a decision. That's not going to be an easy decision where they're going to have to decide, am I willing to sign up? Am I willing to sign and serve so that others may know Jesus? See, the, Jesus, the mission to which Jesus was calling them to would require them to die to themselves and to lay down their lives so that others would benefit. This wasn't just a moment of washing feet. There was a moment of preparing their hearts to die. The mission to which Jesus was calling them to so that others may believe would require them to lay down their lives. The mission to which Jesus was calling them to was far more important and greater and more valuable than any position, authority, or worldly treasures. And when the king of heaven, heaven washed their feet and he is calling them to serve for his kingdom, how could they not respond? The king of heaven said, 
I'm sending you as messengers in the world. But it's going to require you to serve. It's going to require you to serve selflessly. It's going to require you to do things and you're not going to get a thank you in this world. It's going to require you to serve people that you might not necessarily love or like. It's going to require you to go to people that don't want to be served. It's going to require more of you than what you can imagine. You're going to have to remember my heart of serving you. Because if the king of the universe was willing to wash your feet, give everything, and he invites you to serve in his kingdom, how can you not respond? Washing their feet, Jesus was preparing them for something greater. This last week I attended a Every Nation South Africa leadership moment event. Great privilege to have been there. And one of our main discussions this week, one of the main things that we focused on this week was how will we reach more nations? This is our take back from our time together. Guys, what we're doing in this nation is fantastic. But there's nations that do not have disciple-making churches. What are we doing as local churches in this movement in South Africa so that others may believe that's not even part of our nation? That was the challenge set before us this week. You're going back to your church. What are you going to do so that others will believe? What are we going to do that the next generation will believe? That the next generation has something to build on, the gospel of Jesus, an understanding of Jesus. What are we doing now in the mission of God to which God has commissioned us? What are we doing? How will we reach the next generation? How will we reach more nations? Well, it starts with us serving. Because serving prepares us for God's mission. Just as Jesus through his serving was preparing the disciples for his mission, so serving in our local churches prepares us and equips us for the greater mission that God has placed on our lives. We won't reach nations if we weren't willing to reach the people next to us. And in our serving, in what we do here, in our investing in the next generation, in creating environments for people to experience God, we're growing and becoming stronger, and it equips us to go further and reach nations. But it starts with us serving, serving each other, serving through my time, my talents, serving through my finances, serving through my gifts, serving through whatever I can give for the King. Because if the king invites us into his mission of his kingdom, how can we not? So to conclude this morning, our purpose this morning is not to get you to serve in our church. That will be a very short-sighted vision. Our purpose is to serve so that people in Eritrea someday may experience Jesus. So that people in Russia someday can experience Jesus. So that the people of Malawi may experience Jesus. But it starts here. For others to know and experience Jesus, 
which require us to serve. The mission to which Jesus is calling us as a church requires us to die to ourselves, lay down our preferences and our comforts so that others may experience God. And the kingdom, the king of heaven gave his life to serve us and he's calling us to serve in his kingdom. What a great invitation and privilege that is. We commit to a lifestyle of serving because of Jesus and for the glory of God. It's as simple as that. It's not to have an easy church, but it's because of Jesus and it's for the glory of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning that you were willing to give everything so that we may experience a new life. Thank you that you, through your serving, created a new life and victory for us, freedom that we can walk in. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would do something spiritually in our hearts, that it would not just be another moment where we're calling people into serving, Lord, but that you would do something in my heart where you call me to the greater purpose that you've placed on my life and every person's life here. Lord, give us a vision for the nations, Lord. Give us a vision for the next generation, Lord. Give us a vision for those who do not know you yet, Lord. But Lord, start with us. Change our hearts. Move us beyond ourselves, Lord. We're saying again this morning, Lord, because of you, we are willing. And because you gave all, we're willing to serve, Lord. May you lead us in serving in such a way that it will glorify you and that others will know you. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.